This, 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 this is mythical. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him. You have no idea. Uh, while you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino because I'm going to be seeing some 41. <laughs> skate Punk is back, and it's not Pop Punk. It is Skate Punk, but also they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Nicole, you're not ready for this one. <gasps> Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Hey, Nicole, what's better than a tuna sandwich? I don't know. What? A three-na sandwich. Uh, I'm not happy about it either. Anyways, we're talking about the best sandwiches. Because this is a hot dog is a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizada. And today we are joined by Jeff Mauro. Jeff's the author of the recently published cookbook, Come On Over, 111 Fantastic Recipes for the Family That Cooks, Eats, and Laughs Together. He co-hosts the Food Network series, The Kitchen, and he is no stranger to the divisive definitions of what constitutes a sandwich, making him the perfect fit for today's question. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. This is very exciting. I was expecting this call, so I'm, I'm glad it came now. <laughs> now. I'm so glad we didn't just catch you on the toilet yeah, or something yeah, yeah. with the call. Same. No. No, podcasting from the toilet, getting the Tushy Bidet sponsorship. I ah, mean, ah, just saying. there's a market, I'm sure. Is that a, is that an automatic uh, bidet? An electronic um, smart bidet, as they say? No, it's um, it's not a it's not a dumb smart. bidet. What's a smart? I bidet? have one. I got it off Amazon like three years ago. Like automatically, you sit on it and it works. I've told people this for like, I, I, it was like a hundred and sixty nine dollars. Stop. Unbelie- an unbelievable piece of equipment and machinery beyond. <laughs> Send me the link. I will. I don't think you can find it now. I think the price has increased, especially during the pandemic, because the you know the sure. papes, people can find the papes. And I'm sitting there on my throne upstairs, and I'm the only one that's allowed to use it. Nobody else chooses to because it literally shoots water up your pooper. No. And yeah, some yeah, people yeah. might be shocked by that feeling, sensation. I'm not saying I love it, but what I do love is the after effects and the cleanliness and the fact that I'm eco-friendly. And I'm telling you, you just plug it in and you put it on the line, and within five minutes, you got... Something that would cost you, you know, a $7,000 Japanese toilet. E-bidet hot, or smart bidet. Is it hot water or cold water? Control Heat, temp? Hey, heated seat and heated mm. water. Mm. Wow. There's even if a pressure grate. And then there's a posterior <laughs> feminine wash. I'm telling My you. My fiance has that one. With the, yeah. with, yeah. There's, yeah, there's the front feature. Then there's mm-hmm. two back features. There's a, there's a soft back feature and a classic back feature. But should we talk about sandwiches now? We should, okay, 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 we should talk about sandwiches. We should talk about sandwiches. So Jeff, Jeff, you are the self-proclaimed sandwich king. I am not sure if you are still using that moniker, but it's something that can never die. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was, you know, I got that moniker when I was uh, competing on Food Network Star season seven. And then, you know, towards mid competition, Bobby Flay dubbed me Sandwich King. So I, I I owe it all to him. And then it was 
my title to lose during the course of that competition. But luckily I did win and I had five seasons of Sandwich King where I mm-hmm. tooled around Chicago in the Midwest and then brought it back to the kitchen. It was very fun and people still be like, you know, hey, Sandwich King. I'm like, my name's Jeff. I have an identity <laughs> on sandwiches. But yeah, I, I love it. I feel like it. once, if Bobby Flay bestows a nickname on you, I feel like he's he's got that New York accent. So it's like, hey, Jeff, you're the Sandwich King. Yeah. It's like that when someone hits you with that, Oh, it you was, can't you can't get rid of it. it. You know, I was I was very shocked. Right, you you want Bobby to like you. I mean, he's like that mm-hmm. kid yeah, in the schoolyard, you know, who just owns it. And <laughs> and if you're not, you know, he's a nice kid. But if you're on his bad side, it's probably gonna be a bad four years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want him Fair to enough. like me. So I wanted him to like me, and luckily, I, I eventually convinced him. Um, but he's been instrumental in everything. You know, he's 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 awesome. But it was like during that competition when he didn't like what you did, it hurts so bad. That frightens me so yeah, much. Of that me. So I, I was, I mean, I was, I've been a huge fan of Food Network Star for a long time. I remember your season very vividly. When I learned that sandwiches were the entire lens at which you looked uh, at food, I was initially like, well, how many sandwiches can you make? And then I saw what you did and I was like, oh my God, possibilities are infinite. So you were a huge part in my personal sandwich journey and like genuinely informed how I look at food and how I cook today. So like, thank you for that. Well, thank you, Josh. That's, that's a mighty fine compliment. And that was the, the big, you know, criticism I got throughout that competition mm-hmm. was, is there enough? Will it be enough to sustain a show for hopefully several seasons, but also as a platform to launch a career and all this stuff? You know, people always have these POVs or point of views that's like, you know, I'm the healthy cook or I'm the crazy <laughs> cook and I'm the one who <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. cooks from home. And it's like these. I have a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> I have glasses and use some xanthan gum. But, you know, so. You got these, you know, kind of tropes that you find through all the reality food competitions. And nobody put their flag in sandwiches for seven seasons. Wait, was it? Yeah, season seven. Mm. For seven seasons. Like, I was like, I'm the guy. I go, I've been in the deli game my whole life. I worked, owned, lived in deli since I was 15 years old on up. But I'm also classically trained. And I went to culinary school. So it was like, plus I'm a performer. I go, this is like, this is mine. I, I, I got this. And I go, sandwiches. Or is is the engine, you know, driving this train. Mm. And I can always rediscover new ones, right? Reinvent classics. Every continent, country, culture has their version of a handheld piece of food that could qualify as a sandwich and be categorized as that. No, I mean, it was obviously a super smart gamble, but I mean, now now that you have established yourself as a sandwich king, we need to ask you the question. We need you to go on record right, right. now and tell us <laughs> what is the off. best sandwich. Okay. Number one, no hedging. You want my top three or the number one sandwich? Go top three. I like top three. Top three. three. Top three. Let's do top three. Top three. All right. This is right. This is not set in stone. It changes, but my number one never changes. Okay. Top three always, it vacillates a little bit, right? Depending on, you know, <laughs> if my EBITDA is working. At a tap clip. Okay. I feel that on a soulful level. Number three might be controversial. Patty melt. I think to me, a well-executed patty melt satisfies the melt quick category. We can get in the taxonomy of sandwiches later if you want. If you ask me other questions regarding hot dogs. But in the taxonomy (laughs) of of the sandwich kingdom, uh, it is to me, uh, it fulfills both a melt and a burger which I have a very hard time choosing, especially at a diner when you want like that bacon grilled cheese or that turkey melt or whatever, but a good, a well-executed patty melt with good beef, just salt and pepper, tons of gooey American cheese, good rye, marble rye, thick rye, buttered, 
slathered, the beef cooked to medium and everything else gooey with those caramelized onions. Forget about it. Dunk it in some yellow mustard, sweat, eat the crispy fries, chase it down with the uh, diet cherry Coke. That's number three. Poetry. I tasted all of that in my mouth. Didn't you really? I, but I'm salivating. That was beautiful. Thank you. And I have a recipe in, in, in the cookbook, but I'm, I'm not just gratuitously plugging the cookbook, but I'm just, this <laughs> is the it. key That's though. The point, because this is what I mentioned. This is what my father Gus taught me growing up when he would order patty melt or a, um, a Reuben. You tell, you ask the waitress, please, when the chef, when the cook is in the back plating the sandwich, can he put the sandwich directly on the French fries? Right? Mm. What? Ah. What does that mean? It creates like almost like a rack, right? Like a, a cooling rack to to let the air circulate, let the heat circulate. Oh my God. Because you right when that bread, when that perfectly crusty, griddled bread hits the flat surface of the ceramic plate, it compromises mm-hmm. the texture instantly, starts steaming. So a lot of times by the time it hits your table, that bottom piece of bread is soggy. But if you put it on the fries, it allows for movement of air, ensures crispiness, and the fries stay crispy and warm. Boom. That speaks to one of the beauties of sandwiches. And one of the reasons I love sandwiches so, so, so much is that it's so like architecturally based. Of course. Yeah. You know, like that's the yep. skill in making sandwiches. People yeah. don't, you know, uh, ascribe that to, to sandwich making. I know you do in terms of like exalting the sandwich as like a beautiful food, but people think it's like a simple food, but it's no. not so complex because there's so many levels to hit. In culinary school, we had a full week dedicated to sandwiches and sandwich architecture. Ugh. I really? swear. It's yeah, very sure true. It's, that's amazing. I love that. We had that in culinary school and I was like, this is my week, baby. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, it was just my week. And what I loved about it too is you, you look at a lot of menus, right? Especially chef driven sandwich or burger mm-hmm. offerings. And they're just so overblown. And I think it, mm-hmm. it was like that for years ago. I think people are now scaling back with just, you know, I'm going to put a little pickle on this and a little schmear of that mm-hmm. and some cheese and maybe mm-hmm. a, something crisp. But you can't overdo it. Like you can't build, a, you know, the sloppiest world tallest skyscraper without falling and without getting lost in the realm of what is art and architecture. And same thing with sandwiches. You put too much stuff on there. It doesn't work from a, a mouth standpoint from mm-hmm. getting your mouth yep. around it. But it, like everything gets muddled in there and everything. So we're going off on tangents. I'm sorry. You want me to get to number two? Oh, okay, yeah. Number two, number two. We got, we got a lot of sandwiches to get through. Let's start doing All right. It. De- deli classic. I got to represent the, uh, uh, the deli uh, phylum here. And that would be an Italian sub. A good, Mm-mm-mm. crusty, yet still very light bread right? Mm-hmm. Enough very well-shaved Italian cold cuts. doesn't have to be the most imported, most artisanal, local, small batch Italian meats. Could be, you know, good deli meats that are just well, right from the wrapper, shaved mortadella, right? Genoa salami, a mm. little thicker, like translucent, you know, uh, brosciutto. You get a little capicola, a little thicker on that, and then provolone, so a cheese that really stands up, right? Something that, you know, makes you sweat when you eat it. And a little good oil, like saturated in oil and vinegar, shaved iceberg lettuce. Mm. Shreddus. Shreddus. Very thin uh, tomatoes. Let me throw some hot jardinera on there. That's what we do here. And boom, you wrap it up mm-hmm. in white deli paper or butcher paper. You pour the chips on there. You got it. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, you know, it seeps through the paper. So you got like, the, the oh, and you have, again, a nice diet <laughs> pop with that. Obviously, I'm not an animal. I've, I have some... <laughs> 
semblance of control. The look in your eyes as you described the layers. People could not see this, but the look in your eyes, it was like intensity. It was like when Indiana Jones, you know, like sees the treasure finally. It just pops through the screen. And that's beautiful. I like it, yeah. I got to ask about your, your pronunciation of Capicola. Because as someone who, the first in the first three words of your book, you use the phrase maron. Maron. I expected to hear a gabagool. That's a little, like... Gabagol is more like I think East Coast is more Gabagool like here in the in Chicagoland area is is, is Gabagol. Um, mm-hmm. Show me, but I, you know I didn't know you. I barely know you two. I can't go that deep just yet. You might <laughs> you might push the cough we'll button. We're about to start speaking Yiddish. I say Capicola. I don't know. You know who knows? Like my dad says Gabagol, but like oh. me and my brother say Capicola. I say mortadel. I try to take as much vowels off the ends of words as possible. We both grew up in LA, so like I'm only referencing the Sopranos when when I say that, and I need you to know that. To me, it's it's not. I've never heard anyone say it in the wild. <laughs> in the wild, come to my neighborhood, man. It's fun. It's great. You know what? There's some good delis in the LA area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There sure is. When you were saying that in my brain, I was like, Bay Cities, Bay Cities, yep. Bay Cities, Bay Cities. Bay Cities. Good. The Godmother sub. They gotta put, stop putting mayonnaise on that. They put mayonnaise on it. Yeah. I never noticed. On the godmother. Mayonnaise and mustard on the godmother. (gasps) I never noticed. Which Mm -hmm. is like, whoa, that's sacrilege out here. That's like so much. I never thought about that. (laughs) You know, I mean, to me, like the Italian meats are, need that acid to cut through, not like more fat on top of it. For me, it's like, oh my God. But my dad would like sit there. I remember, oh God, if you, I'll take video of my dad eating mayonnaise on a sub. It is out of, it's like right (laughs) with the, with the, with just the coated butter knife dipping back into the Mm -hmm. jar with each bite. It is, it is, oh, it's a scene. It's a train wreck. But LA, here we go. I'm going to get to my favorite, the best sandwich. Oh, let's do it. On the planet. Pastrami on rye. Schmiradelli mustard. That's it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And, and which which LA which LA deli are you specifically referencing? I mean, of course, I think we both have our pick. It's 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 most definitely Langer's. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know that's like become the thing, but I don't think it was a big. I lived out there in the mid two thousands, right? And I it was like twice a month. I'd go there on a Saturday afternoon. You go mm-hmm. to buy MacArthur Park. You park your car. Everybody's trying to sell you fake IDs, and then you walk into yep. the thing <laughs> and you sit there. I go, give me my handcuff pastrami on rye. I don't want, you know, sometimes I would get the, what is it? The number 13 with the, the, 19, with the, rushing, the number the 19. 19 with the rushing. Mm-hmm. But I like the purity of that. And I'd smear my own mustard. I get a little horseradish. I get extra crispy fries. I love just like the pile of fries with that. Of course, it, yeah. you know, like, a, like a diet pop. <laughs> diet soda kills me. I'm the same. I'm the same. She does not. She I drinks a regular I cola. Hate, I hate diet soda. And yeah. I think that's bizarre that the, you drink regular You're right. Of, like, the, you're correct. Yeah. I can't. The thought of aspartame makes, like, my lymph nodes, like, swollen. Yeah, so you yeah. know it's working. Oh, stop. <laughs> I get done, like, pounding a diet pop of any sort, and I, all, like, I feel worse than, like, pounding, whatever, nine natty lights mm-hmm. or something, right? So like, I, <laughs> I'm like, what did I just do to my body? But it was so fizzy and good going down. And I and there's still like that thing it was like, I'm healthy. Yeah, yeah. I've saved calories. Yeah. It were only a moment. Like if they start doing, you know, like diet pop now with protein, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to oh, do yeah. it. I'm going to do one like on the treadmill. Just be like <laughs> mentosing all over the, the treadmill because of the, you know, the overactive. Okay. So hand cut. That's the best. I've had it everywhere. Mm. Chicago's pastrami scene is very lacking. People are trying here and there. East Coast is great. I love, I'm in New York all the time still. I've been traveling there even last, you know, six months and stuff. I love it. Second Avenue Deli, Katz's, Pastrami Queen is good. That's a new addition. But man, Langer's is the freaking best. If, if you were going to be like, we're, we're going to inject you with the thing, 
you did some bad things, you're going to put to death, you get one last meal. I'm like, I'm going to kill somebody in LA because at least I can get some langers before <laughs> I die. Nice. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. I'm I'm surprised by an omission. Nicole, did any of those surprise you? Uh, no, none of them. The I had a feeling those would be your sandwiches. <laughs> the patty melt, I think. <laughs> She's the an patty empath. Melt, the patty melt did put me for a little bit of a loop because I was thinking, does a hamburger patty exclude it from being a sandwich? Some A lot of people would say that, but a lot of people also say it excludes it from being a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Well, which, there you go. As far as sandwich taxonomy, and this is regionally based because people in the Commonwealth, the thing that I can never get over is they eat a fried chicken sandwich on a round bun and they call it a chicken burger. Mm-mm. And I'm like, no, no, no. Chicken burgers made from ground chicken meat and also may or may not be a burger depending on who you are. Yeah. But so a lot of people, the patty melt to me, I, I man, I'm always torn on the patty melt because it's something that people think I would love based on my personality. But for me, I think I'm almost getting the 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 patty meltness is taking away from the burgerness and the burgerness mm-hmm. is taking away from the meltness. Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. It's 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 its own thing. You know, it walks the fine line. Let's just call it what it is. It's the platypus of the sandwich kingdom. <laughs> it is. Oh, wow. It's a platypus. It lays eggs. It's got a duck bill. <laughs> it's got a, a a spur that has venom in it, a venomous spur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's warm-blooded, but audience. it's covered in feathers. Mm-hmm. And did I mention it has a duck bill and swims? <laughs> it is. That's the patty. And mount. they're very loving house pets. <laughs> oh. It's, you know, they're out there. Uh, All you got to do is Google. Video. Just Google platypus house pet. You know, like there's at least 16 people uh, across the and world. And they're all in Florida. Them. They're all in Florida. <laughs> uh, okay. I was I was surprised by the omission of the Chicago beef. I love it. I of do. the Italian beef. I had one last night. I swear. I have my own beef now. I sell it. It's good. My in-laws came over. We ate, I had two beefs by my side. I did combos because I grilled up some of my sausage mm. too. But wow. it's, I love it. I do. I love it. But like. I mean, I love it, but I, I'm just, these are the ones I can't, you know, these are the first three born, I guess. It's it's a good list. Nicole, do you, f- do you have any criticisms? No, I loved your list. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being vulnerable enough to share. <laughs> 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 and Nicole, I'm, I'm curious about yours. I'm curious okay. where you're going here. Okay, so we're going to start with number three. It's called the Bobby. 
Do you guys know about the Bobby sandwich? <laughs> no, is, Bobby? It, is it British? You've never heard of the Bobby sandwich? Uh. You've never heard of it before? Oh my gosh. So there's this place called Capriotti's. Also, I don't travel much, so I've never <laughs> actually gone to like Delaware where it's from, but it's basically a Thanksgiving sandwich mm-hmm. where they have stuffing, cranberry sauce, hand-chopped turkey, and mayonnaise. And I don't know why... I love this sandwich so much. Also, there's a disclaimer that says there might be bones in this sandwich, which I love because it makes me live dangerous. Because it's like, I'm going to live dangerously today. Might choke on a turkey bone, whatever. I just love the way it tastes. And I love that it's perfect. It's always perfectly seasoned, their turkey. I don't know how they do it. It's like this beautiful, unctuous turkey. And you never use the word unctuous with turkey, you know? (laughs) It's, It's a trip. I don't know how they're able to make it so delicious and so mouthwateringly good with just simple, simple stuff. It's just the construction of the sandwich is just gorgeous. I just love it so much. And But I can't eat it all the time. That's like a once every six month sandwich Seasonal. for me. It's not an evergreen sandwich. It's, it's not an evergreen sandwich. But when I eat it, I'm like, yeah. You, this you that good, good. criticized <laughs> me for putting rice in my burritos because it starts on starch. And here you are eating wet bread inside your bread? Yeah, uh, it's. A, I just told you. It's once every six <laughs> months. Don't be a hater. No, wait. You... you, you <laughs> You said you had this. It's, it's a place called Capriati's, does it? But you yeah. make it yourself every six months, or you you where's Capriati's at? Uh, I don't. Uh, there was a Capriati's uh, in Beverly Hills. Okay. I, I grew up in Beverly Hills slash Century City. So I there was this one. It was just the only one I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. And I would just go there like once every six months as a, as a severe craving of mine. <laughs> uh-huh. You guys want to hear number two? That's yes. a wild card pick. That's yeah. a good number three good. pick. That was a good number yeah, three because yeah. it's left field. Okay, <laughs> number two. I'm going to say it's a shrimp po' boy. Mm, I love po' boys. Mm -hmm. I love fried shrimp. And I go, there's this place where they thinly shave lemon and they put the thinly shaved lemon on the sandwich. That's a rich boy. That's a bougie boy. I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know. But it's the most, it's just such a transcendent experience. And the remoulade is just perfectly spiced. Mm. You eat the thin lemon? Yeah. With the, with the rind. Wow, that's funky. It's it's so thin and it just works perfectly with the it like cuts through the fried like seafood aspect of everything and it's just beautiful and bright and delicious. Mm. But somehow it's still light and I can like do stuff afterwards, you know? When I eat a po'boy, I can still be active. That's like right. I don't need to take a nap. Like after the 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 Bobby sandwich, I need a nap. Yeah. After a po'boy, I can walk around and shop. That's that's a good point about sandwiches. Like like yeah. they are utility food. Yeah. You know, they're for a, a, a person who's got stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? For sure. And then my number one sandwich of all time is Philippe's. It's mm-hmm. a French dip sandwich from Philippe's. I go maybe maybe once a month. I go there. I get a beef dip. I get it with American cheese. I get a, pic- I get a pickled egg. And I eat it in my car with some hot mustard. And I'm the happiest girl in the world. Man. I'm That's just a happy girl. Beautiful. You gotta take some video of that. Post some video of you eating the, the pickled egg and the French dip <laughs> well, and the mustard yes, in the car. Thank you. In the chair. <laughs> thank you Shards so much. Every, beef everywhere. You, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but turn it into a YouTube mukbang yeah, video. Exactly. Be like, I See? ate 68 See? pickled eggs in my car. If Jeff wants me to mukbang, I guess I got a mukbang now. <laughs> you put it into the universe, my guy. <laughs> but yeah, that's my favorite sandwich, the Philippe's French mm. dip. I'm a single dip girl because I have to consider eating it in my car. Have you ever thought about not eating it in your car? Stupid uh, question. Uh, no, but no, no, no. They have indoors. I, you know, no. I think there's some, well, because there's something about like exploring LA and like whenever I'm in Chinatown, I'm like, oh, there's this great new spot. I'm going to go there. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go try this spot. I'm going to go there. And then I always 
always, always end up at, a, at Philippe's. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I don't know why. It's like this magnetism. I'm like, I know what I'm getting there. It's delicious. It's consistent. I have to pay in cash. Like, I enjoy that, you know? Yeah. I enjoy it. It's the scene. It's everything. That that's. I mean, like as much as I love sandwich innovation, and and you yeah. you know I do, and I, do. I especially love restaurants that that innovate so much. But there have been so many times where there has been a new sandwich that pops up, mm-hmm. and it sounds very enticing. I remember this one place I went to was actually in Austin, Texas, but they were doing like Chinese American food, but in po' boy form. Oh. So it was like honey walnut shrimp po' boys. Oh. I know I made the same faces. I was so excited, and I think they've closed by now. But I went there, and it was just uh, bad. It was bad. They made bad food. I mean, it, it, because the architect texture wasn't there right the 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 bun was cold it wasn't soft yep. enough i got the sense that it was just like artisanal roll but it was too crusty to hold the fillings i hate that so you bite in and then the honey walnut shrimp is so heavily dredged that it, it's squirting out of mm. you know the Ooh, crust mm-hmm. oh yeah it slips out of its cocoon mm-hmm. it slips Not out fun. of the cocoon and it's one of those things where it was like all the things weren't thought through in a place like philippe the original has had a hundred years to think it through. Yeah, exactly. they've had a hundred years to perfect it. And so many of these like sandwich artists, not the subway guy. Subway, but, I mean, subway. They do good work. They do good work. He's you know? got his own hundred uh, year uh, <laughs> thing going on over there. <laughs> I'm just shocked you get American cheese on it. Why are you shocked at my American cheese? I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine. I've never had. I've never gotten American cheese at Philippe. Yeah, I've never. I love it. I made my when I did the Italian beefs last night. Right, uh-huh. it's the same. You know, I think it's a little more seasoned, a little more. Um, you know, crushed red chilies, Italian dry mm, yeah. herbs in, in the Italian beef preparation. And real good shape, prime beef. We love, boom, we dip it. Two minutes, let it steep. Same thing, oh. right, is the dip minus the sir on the side. But my son, I make him a cheesy beef, and I did mm. two slices of American cheese on the bottom. And then I made the beef, right? It's wet. It's mm-hmm. there if you've ever had a good chicken. But then this is the key. And I love this about, like, you wrap it, right? You wrap it for, yes. like, you have yes. to wrap it. two minutes. Just wait. It's the steam. He's like, I open. I go, whoa, 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 stop. And then the cheese melts and everything kind mm-hmm. of, you know, becomes homogenous. I love it's, it. I love the homogenous sandwiches, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the homogenous sandwiches. I love that. Uh, Nicole, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited uh, to hear our, this. Our you know. I'm very curious. Okay, my, my top three, if anyone's asking. If anyone's asking what This they is are. what the podcast um, is about. I initially had a top three, but I'm I'm now gonna change it up a little bit to get some more variety. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna go over what I'm talking about. Okay, number number three, number three, number three. I'm gonna go Philly cheesesteak. I'm gonna go classic whiz whiz. Nice. I'm gonna go nice. classic. Uh there Respect. to me. I mean, I uh, go birds, fly eagles fly, families from <laughs> Allentown, PA. I love that so many people have such strong opinions about cheesesteaks and what should be on them. And it varies so regionally. I got into a uh, a tiff with the Lehigh Valley Tri-City area and a oh, bunch of their wow. local radio stations because I mentioned an Allentown-style cheesesteak. And Ooh. I was like, yeah, I think they put like cream cheese on it. And people are like, no, Allentown-style is marinara sauce with pickles. <laughs> and I'm like, well, of course it is. Um, is that really what it is? Is there, There's no cheese involved in the Allentown? No, there's, uh, it's provolone, I believe. Provolone oh, yeah. and then pickles and marinara. But then you're get, we're going to get a bunch four. of people commenting on this saying, yeah. like, no, it's not. They only put pickles on it in, you know, on the Tuesdays. Easton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I love that part of it. But to me, it's it's the the ribeye. And I think so many people don't understand how difficult it is to make a good Philly cheesesteak. One, got to start with the hoagie roll. The Amoroso roll is mm-hmm. so key to it. Mm-hmm. The perfect amount of chew. Uh, the onions shouldn't be caramelized, in my opinion. They should be kind of translucent, soaked in the beef fat. Mm-hmm. And then the beef, it shouldn't have a hard sear either. A lot of people think you got to hit the beef super hard. And you don't, you don't want the crust. You want that steam to create from the beef that starts to render the fat. And then if you're doing white American cheese is also a close second. I just, I'm, I'm a softie for cheese whiz, but you put the white American cheese on it. And then the steam from the beef creates a sauce 
from the white American wow. cheese because it's so melty. And like Jeff said, when you wrap it, it all just comes together and, and just becomes so copacetic and beautiful. Uh, and you got to eat it with some Utz chips and a couple tasty cakes afterwards. But of course, oh. with a large diet root beer. There you go. Um, <laughs> just give me a regular Barks and I'm happy. No diet root beer. <laughs> uh, so Philly cheesesteak number three. It's in the cherry, the pickled cherry peppers got to go on it, um, sure. you know, or, or popping it after each one. I respect that. So that is a beautiful sandwich frame. Number two. I'm gonna fudge the pronunciation, but the the bun mi dak biet. This is mm. this is the house special bun mi from from any place. And I I grew up partly in an area called Little Saigon in uh, Westminster, Fountain Valley, kind of Garden Grove area in Orange County. And there's a place called Bun Mi Che Kali that would have buy two get one free nine inch bun mi sandwiches. <gasps> wow! And each bun mi was two dollars and seventy five cents. So Wait. when I was a large hefty shot putting teen boy, uh, and I was trying to get my bench press up so I could get a scholarship. I would go and I would get three bun me every single morning before school and I would just eat them throughout the day in classes. I, I would eat 27 inches of sandwich before 2 p.m. What? No, this, this is, is my... this is like the classic version with like the pate and the, mm-hmm. the right? Oh, so you were like eating this and you're just like stanking up the whole room, aren't you? Too? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. You're big time, that big kid. Time. And the kid in the back of the class oh, eating the I would eat it in sandwich. the weight room. No air conditioning. Weight <laughs> oh, room yeah. under the bleachers. That's actually 15 times worse that it's in the weight room. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was in the classroom. <laughs> it was no, both. It was room. both. But the bun me dak yeah, it's got the, the video it's cold cuts uh, one's called Chalua that's like uh, this almost sort of bologna-ish it's like a, mm-hmm. a four speed that's very springy um, and then you have the pate spread on there you mm-hmm. have that super rich I believe they use a combination of butter and mayonnaise actually okay. uh, it's that super egg yolk rich yellow with the Maggie seasoning sauce in it you got the pickled vegetables the dolce you got the, the daikon and the carrot you got the fresh jalapenos which are mm-hmm. a very California addition uh, that they say from you know Mexican line cooks working at Vietnamese restaurants mm-hmm. the fresh cilantro the cucumber to me it's undefeated It's it's got also the Vietnamese baguette, which a lot of people think is cut with rice flour, but it's yeah. not. It's the dough conditioners in it that make it oh, so light. It's so, so I wish more more French sandwich places yeah. would use that bread. You know what I mean? Agreed. It's always way too dense or way too crusty. You mm-hmm. carve the roof out of your mouth. But any, you know, Vietnamese preparation, any Vietnamese bomb me sandwich is mm-hmm. always the, the no matter even if it's like, like real kind of like hole in the wall joint, the bread is on mm-hmm. point. Oh, it's, all, it's fantastic. It's funny. In, in my French class in high school, uh, Madame Keith, when we would cater these like French club events, and mm-hmm. she taught us to make jambon beurre, uh, which is a fine sandwich a in sandwich. itself. Yeah. She would uh, she started using baguettes from this French place, and then she comes in. She's like, I, I found this beautiful place called uh, Lee Sandwiches. It is the uh, Vietnamese, I believe, and, and their baguette. Oh, my God. It is the best I've had since I was in France. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So uh, bun me. Absolutely undefeated. But the number one, the oh. number one sandwich in my book. I thought that we were going to go three for three on wet sandwiches. Jeff, I thought you were going to do the Italian beef, mm. but you didn't. And so now we're only two for three on, on absolutely wet sandwiches. But it is the torta ahogada <laughs> from Guadalajara, Jalisco. Wow. Ooh. Amazing. Single greatest sandwich. It is like a French dip from Philippe's. It satisfies all those cravings, like the Italian beef, where you get the meat that is soaked in sauce and the bread just kind of coalesces in all of that. Except in this, instead of, you know, a, a French roll, you get birote salado if they're doing it right. If they're getting their bread from Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my favorite spot in uh, tortas ahogada, Guadalajara, in 
in North Hollywood. They get their bread imported. It is this uh, super salty sourdough, very crusty bread. And the salt actually gives the bread a ton of structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so then you cut that open and you stuff it with carnitas, which of course has been, you know, kind of boiled in its own fat, slowly confit and getting crispy yet fatty. And you put that inside this crusty, salty bread and then you drown it in a chili de arbol in, to- in tomato sauce. Ooh. And then it just sits in there. And you got you to get it bien ahogada. You got to get that well drowned. Okay. And then you top it with just lightly marinated vinegared red onions. Okay. And then if you talk to Selena, the owner, uh-huh. and then she says, you like it extra spicy? And you go, yeah, I like it extra spicy. And then she takes just straight chili de arbol and shoves it on there. And then you eat it with your hands. And then the chili soak into your hands. And then your mouth is on fire. But there's so much fat from the pork. And then the bread still is holding up to the last bite, Nicole and Jeff. It does not waver. Wow. The torta ahogada from Guadalajara, Jalisco. Best sandwich in the world. Oh, Good choice. Uh, none of us put Ruben in our top three. I, I, I don't know. I'm like having a change of heart a little bit <laughs> because I feel so bad for not including including any like Jewish deli food because mm-hmm. it's so connected uh. to my culture and like who and like LA and everything like that. So I don't know. I don't know. I kind of want to maybe switch my Bobby and have it as an honorable mention <laughs> and then maybe put in like I don't know a corned beef sandwich. The I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something. I feel bad that I didn't include a deli sandwich. I, I will say when when I got sick uh, over over the holidays and I was really craving comfort food my girlfriend Julia um, wanted to order matzo ball soup and then I was looking over the deli menu and my like comfort food from the deli that I wanted to order was a chopped liver and corned beef sandwich not pastrami either corned beef Mm -hmm. the smoke it it overtakes the liver and it was really bad that was just this one (laughs) deli was really bad but I will say like the instinct in my mind to go to that chopped liver and corned beef combination as like I am in distress I need a food to comfort me I think that shows a lot Mm -hmm. you know yeah I feel you. God, that was a bad sandwich. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Nicole and Jeff, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like Casseroles. It rhymes with casserole. All right, starting with uh, at PollardJim3. <laughs> Uh-oh. Please tell me I'm not the only person who eats the skin on a mango, but it has to be perfectly ripe. Oof. It's like fruit leather, and I love it. Oof. Jeff, what do you think about that one? I mean, that's like, you know primal i mean if that's your bag i don't mind i mean i don't think i could like it does he eat it like an apple or a pear i mean is he just going in I, right with probably. his teeth yeah i got it i feel like we need a disclaimer here that this is like yeah. dangerous right i was, yeah. I was gonna let you handle this <laughs> mango skin straight up poisonous 
Uh, well, I mean, he he's not dead. I don't think he's trolling either. I believe him. I I think I think uh, to some people, mango skin is poisonous. It's because it's, it's related to uh, poison oak. Is that what it is? I'm not sure what it's related to, but I have heard on multiple occasions that people have gotten sick from eating mango skin. They they literally call it mango mouth. I had a um I had a coworker go to the hospital with mango mouth. Shut yeah. up from eating mango yeah. skin or just eating too much mango. It was so it was something crazy. It was uh he was grilling mango. And then I guess he was grilling it skin on, you know, kind of did the whole like scoring thing and yeah. grill it. And I think it was something to do with the heat, sort of like getting whatever toxins are on the outside of the skin into the mango. Scary. And then, yeah, he just he ended up at the hospital. Um, yeah, don't eat mango skin. If anybody yeah. else is out there eating mango skin, use this as a PSA. This is the first time I will come down harshly on an opinion. Yeah. Yep. Not safe. Sorry. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> All right, Nina P five two eight says shredded cheese is just cheese zest. No, it's not because the zest is the <laughs> outside of something. The shredded cheese is all of it. Yeah, right? cheese zest does exist though. What you know? What cheese zest is for me? You get to like the end of the parm yeah. where you're like close to the rind, uh, and you're like you're like there's just there's just enough flavor left yeah. for me to get something out of this. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're zesting the rind and yeah. it's an edible rind. Then that's cheese zest. That's, yeah. So it's this is an incorrect opinion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But they're on to something a little bit. A little bit. At, <clears throat> at yeah, you better run. There does not exist a better salad dressing option than whatever hot sauce is in one's fridge. They're almost always healthier, tastier, and cheaper than a dressing. My favorite is Green Dragon Trader Joe's. I mean, but that's more than a hot sauce. That Green Dragon, I, I think it's really mm-hmm. good, but it's it's a little more complex than a Cholula or Tabasco or you know Crystal. It's but if, like dousing just greens in like straight up small bottle hot sauce, I don't know. I mean, you need a little, little, little more fat to carry it around. I guess, yeah. No. That's that's heavy. That's that's just just straight hot sauce on greens. That's a bit that's much. Too much. Yeah, I need something to cut through that. Like it reminds me of a very bodybuilder thing to do. Yeah. Where it's like I need to get the greens yep. in me, and I can't have a single other macro. And so Trappy's Louisiana hot sauce yeah. is zero carb, zero whatever. Yeah. 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 That's a that's like a bodybuilder type of thing. Mustard to do. and hot sauce. Mustard. And a little oh. bit of water. Watching like my a, yeah a bodybuilder uh, salad. Watching my hunt. buddy just put mustard on white rice and eat it. I'm like, oh. why not soy sauce? Soy yeah. sauce is the same amount of calories. And then it's like they're chased by like eight poached chicken breasts that they just tear <laughs> yeah. through. Oh, gosh. Like a, like a hyena, and there's like, Arr. I don't know. <laughs> I did cybergenics when I was in like, I forget, 16 years old, which was like this program used to get at GNC. It was like two weeks, and all you would eat is like whole chicken oh, and marinara yeah. sauce and like nothing else in iceberg <laughs> lettuce. It was horrible. And drink shakes, that's what it reminds me of. And we just coat the, the greens in just balsamic. No oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would just be sitting there dripping. Oh my god! I'm I'm very lucky that I, I practiced a thing called dirty bulking, which is what it's called in the community, which is eat as much as possible as often as possible and lift as much weight, which is how I was able to enjoy so many delicious bun me. <laughs> dirty bulking, huh? Look at dirty bulking. I, I just bookmarked dirtybulking.com. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't oh, don't 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 go to that one. Don't go to that one. Oh no. Dot dot edu is the one you want to Yeah yeah yeah. Dot gov. Bone Say says any dish that is made using beans can be vastly improved by not including beans. I don't. I, I go ahead, Jeff. Wow, this <laughs> is upsetting. Uh, okay, so we're looking at chili. We're looking at burritos for sure. Like a black bean burger, obviously, would just be whatever binding <laughs> and whatever other grain you might fit in there. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to kind of agree with this because I'm. Oh, I like Jeffrey. I like I like beans. I like chili beans in my chili. Mm. Right, like the big uh-huh. bright red kidney beans glowing 
And mm. but I can I love chili without beans as well. I do not mm. like beans in my burritos, nor do I like rice. I'm like steak, lettuce, avocado, sour cream, hot sauce nice. per bite kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to agree. What was this uh, person's name? This Twitter? Bonesay. I think they're right. We'll, we'll, we'll DM you. We'll DM you them so you can connect and just talk about it. Bean hatred. Share, Uh, share likes, fears. I, this is, I don't, I love beans. I think Mm -hmm. beans are a fantastic addition to, to meals that don't include beans. Like throw it in a salad, throw it in your Mm -hmm. rice. I actually love beans and I think they should be celebrated more. So this hurt my feelings. Have you heard about the bean diet? Like it's supposed to like be do wonders for your skin and your the bean diet. Yeah, it's like you eat you incorporate beans in like every meal and it's supposed to like clear up everything. <laughs> I can't not that I'm saying your skin is I'm going to. You're glowing as we speak through this Thank small you. Google you Hangout uh, screen, but it's uh I don't know my wife so she she like read about she did a lot of and beans are making a lot of it appearances in our meals these days. I'll put it that way. Nice. And I've, I've never glowed harder. <laughs> <laughs> He's smizing, folks. He's smizing. <laughs> I, I, I love beans. Beans, I'll, I will answer this hot take with an even worse hot take. I believe any dish that includes a non-crispy potato would be better if it was beans. Instead huh? of mashed potatoes, hit me with them refritos. Uh, instead of any potato in a soup, might as well be a big old cranberry bean. I think uh-huh. that beans are a more perfected form of potato. French fries, hash browns, everything else, potatoes rule supreme. That's their core competency. But no, nah, if you're going soft potato, give me a bean. Wow. That's what the heck I'm about. Uh, okay. <laughs> like a mashed, like refried bean style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the on the Mexican American kind of platter deal. Yep. Instead of you'd rather have not that I'm saying the mashed potato, but that's what I'm mm-hmm. judging. Those two are would be no, I'd rather yep. have mashed potatoes swarming in gravy than really. Wow. No way, man. Give me the yellow cheese on the silky refried beans. Silky. And that what oh 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 I know I'm the villain here. No, I'm the villain. <laughs> Oh my god! When they're right, made with it. lard, though, there's nothing better, and they're like yeah. you eat yeah. them, and they're like, mm-hmm. gotta That's, put the lard in there. It's yeah. not even a bean. Mm-hmm. I can feel the texture. All right, we got at S Neely. <laughs> a sprinkle of sugar on top of scrambled eggs is mwah, chef's kiss, and you can't change my mind. I've, I, 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 I'll try it. I don't know. You, I'm intrigued. You should. You, you, you've had it. It's good. I have done it. Uh it's um, it's not good, but it's one of those things that reminds <laughs> you of food that is good. So uh, Japanese tamago yaki. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going to. If you ever had it, you yeah. know, it's got that sweet mirin in it, yeah. and so that's the first time. That's the first thing I th- I thought of. Except it's like without the other nine ingredients that make Japanese tamago yaki good. Uh-huh. But you still taste it, and you're like, oh, I see where their brain made the connection. Or like a scrambled flan that you screwed up, but you still eat it because you oh know they're your God. ingredients. And yeah, oh no, you guys, you guys, you guys toss it. I don't even like uh, you know successfully made flan. So I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> scrambled flan sounds like a good punk band. Yeah, it is. But, like hardcore, post-punk. Yeah, oh, yeah, but I would also never eat scrambled flan. I would also never put sugar on top of... There's something about the texture of scrambled eggs and how sometimes they're like a little bit like crispy sometimes. You mm. know what I mean? That crispy egg with sugar sprinkled on it instantly makes my gag reflex uh, You activate. two are weak. <laughs> no, this reminds me of... I like... Now, this might be controversial as well. Might be a future hot take. I love like egg McMuffins or anything. You know, sausage patty... Scrambled eggs, American cheese, uh, English muffin, and then I always smear a little bit of that little thing of grape jelly or strawberry jelly mm-hmm. if I'm at That's home. That's good. Like a schmear of like I'm not saying gobs of it. That to me always even the hash browns, I would do a little plastic knife mm-hmm. with each bite, I'd put a little uh, grape jelly on there. I still do it. 
I'm bit. down with that. I'm right? down with that. There's something about the granular sugar that makes me like. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. I, the last time I had grape jelly, it was actually grape jelly and mustard on a breakfast sandwich. And this is a great honorable mention for my Philly regional sandwiches is the Scrapple egg and cheese. That's a, that's a classic. Is that Scrapple related? It is. Yeah. There is so much fat and funk in the Scrapple that you need the confusion of the purple and the yellow on there. Great. The old purple yellow. <laughs> mm. Kenzie Reinhardt says caramel belongs on pizza more than ranch on pizza. Stupid. <laughs> that even mean? We've broken Jeff. Well, I mean, who's had car? You know, caramel on pizza before? I don't. You've had it. You both. Have, a, is this an LA have, thing? Is this like? Uh, what? No, this is a a mythical kitchen thing. Yeah, we got uh, a weird job. Yeah, we got a weird job. <laughs> so wait. So what? Tell me. So I. So you is it good? What do you? I I'll, mean, I guess I'll I explain. Could see. So uh, <laughs> we had an episode called "What's the Best Pizza Dip?" Okay. Yeah. And it's our job to test things before mm. they go out on on the show. You know, we, yeah, we yeah, test yeah. and we make sure we perfect it. So we had a every single dip you could imagine. We had nacho cheese. We had caramel. We had this. We had that. We had the other. Caramel isn't horrific. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. It's not mm-hmm. disgusting. It's not horrific. It's like hot honey. Yeah. It's almost okay. just like hot honey. Colorado Mountain Pizza, their whole thing is you dip it in honey. They serve every pizza with yep. honey. Might as well caramel. You get that that little extra extra burnt notes on yep. it, you know? I think it caramel is I think caramel works. It's not as good as ranch. I don't think oh. anything is better than ranch on pizza. No but way. it does work. And so I'm gonna give Kenzie that much. I love ranch. I mean you, you swipe yeah. you swipe it, you swipe it right through that ranch, just per <laughs> bite, or wait for the crust. You still got that and then you repuddle up. And then you go right <laughs> into the thing, and then you let let it sit there, and then you squeeze the crust so it absorbs the ranch like a sponge. That's the move mm-hmm. all day. The, when you when you bite into the pizza crust soaked in ranch, and you make the yeah. sucking noise oh, to so suck gross. the ranch out of there with the pepperoni grease, that my friends, that's a local man. High five. High five for the Farsi reference. Thank you. Josh likes to sprinkle in some Farsi because yeah, of Persian. She's so teaching every me now Farsi. and then he throws it in. I'm like, hey. Well, Josh, from from, from my uh, record here, Josh has spoken four languages this podcast. So far. Wow, so you did. Look at you. French. He's got Vietnamese. This guy. Don't let the headband fool you. He's educated. You went to culinary school. I was studying international relations and also failed shot putting. Were you really shot? You were a shot putter in high school or college? You were uh, shot. Yeah, so I, I went to, to school on a shot put and discus scholarship, but then I ended up becoming a hammer thrower was my biggest event. So I, I threw hammer it at UCLA. That's um, amazing, man. What a path. Right? That yeah, cool? man. That direct hammer throwing to podcast pipeline. <laughs> it awesome. is. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's trying. <laughs> All right. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. To enjoy more from Jeff, you can check out his new cookbook, Come On Over, 111 Fantastic Recipes for the Family That Cooks, Eats, and Laughs Together. You can also catch him on his podcast, also called Come On Over, where he and his sister Emily talk about food, their upbringing, and tons of lively family stories. Jeff, where else can our listeners check you out? Uh, yeah, come on over. I'm really proud of it. We're like 50 episodes in, a couple seasons. It's uh, it's fun. So do that and go to moralprovisions.com. We just came out with our honey jardinera yesterday or on Friday. Yeah. So it's the first ever cured in honey and agave, and it's packed in oil. It's so bright. It's so beautiful. Uh, when is this podcast here? I think we just sold out, but I'm just I- do it. Whatever. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to like set people up for, but it's good. Go to moralprovisions.com. I got Italian beef kits, prime Italian beef kits. 
our sausage made locally it's the best like Italian food uh, we're going right yeah, there I'm I mean, buying, I'm I buying some stuff from the honey jardinera it's got that like bread and butter wow. alright and if you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen we got new episodes for you every Wednesday if you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or Zada with the hashtag Opinion Casserole and of course if you want to share pics of your dishes hit us up on the Instagram at Mythical Kitchen see you all next time Jeff thanks again man thanks, thanks Jeff. for having me guys on thanks for having me guys on well, I'm gonna go <laughs> I'll go get on the eBay day the smart of day. I gotta go cleanse my mouth. <laughs>